Inside the Birds is back. What's up, everybody? It's Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. And as they say in sports, two down, one to go. That's two preseason games down, one preseason game to go. That will be Eagles against the Colts, and that will be Thursday night. First, they have a Tuesday joint practice, and hopefully everything goes well and they're able to do that. Uh, and we've got a lot to talk about, Adam, with uh, the, the roster is is starting to shape or round into form, I would say, shape into form. We're getting more clarity on positions and position groups. And I'll, I'll say this has been a very strange preseason just from, you know, watching two Eagles leave the game on a stretcher. And then obviously you saw what happened with the Patriots the other night. And I get yeah. that the NFL is taking extra urgent care, right, on field, especially after DeMar Hamlin, and they should but it's made it more um, almost harrowing at times watching these guys have to leave, uh, you know, and just hoping that you see them throw a hand up or a finger up and say they're all right. Yeah. It's, it's the, this is their protocol. Uh, if it's a, if it looks like it's a neck injury, they're, the player's going to go on the stretcher. That's the protocol, which has been in place for, for years. And then this one was scary. And then uh, give, give Bill Belichick credit. Uh, he and he and uh, Matt LaFleur, made this decision and bill was very upfront you know the players the pitcher players talked about they did this felt like they could not go on yeah so what happened was they also canceled the joint practices in nashville uh for tuesday and wednesday so the patriots will practice this week at home and they'll travel thursday for the game uh friday in nashville but look you, you, the, the player care is more important as you mentioned we saw two players get stretched off uh in the last game we'll talk about one of them's already been already one's already on into reserve and the other one's got a concussion or Jomo. So thankfully that's all it is, but it's a brain injury. Concussion. Right. We're concerned about that. But again, the protocol is the same. It's been like that for years and you got to be careful. Yeah, no doubt. Thankfully, Tyree Cleveland and Moro Jomo are okay. And uh, we will talk about them. A lot of injuries from that game also to some important players to talk about. And just like I mentioned, the, the roster, as you and I discuss this a lot, almost every day, starting to in our minds round into form and obviously the intel that we have is going to help that as well and we'll share that on this podcast um we're also sharing a lot more on our patreon channel we're going to do we're going to do two live streams uh this month because of the cut down day it sort of begs a, an extra live stream chat oh, yeah. with our with our members and we really appreciate our members uh we've had a couple more jump aboard in the last few days so we really appreciate them and everybody anybody else should get in it's patreon.com slash inside the birds and we haven't even made yet our announcement of the extra programming that we're going to be adding for our patreon uh, members this upcoming season and when we do it's going to knock your socks off so i'm um, just looking forward to that and then also looking forward to knocking the socks off of the masses because we've got uh extra programming a lot of good shows we just can't announce everything yet as we get closer to the season i promise you we'll let you know when the uh teaser crossed and the eyes are dotted it's going to be really exciting though we've got my chat this thursday uh during the game we did this last week there's a good turnout for the eagles browns uh preseason we did a chat and we're going to do it again with the eagles colts this week at, at 8 p.m eastern uh maybe if the game's halfway decent i won't bail after a half an hour <laughs> i'm gonna do a half an hour anyway but sometimes i stay later if it's you know it's going well yeah and this game was so bad as everybody knows that it was awful Yes. Uh, so the hope is that this one uh, be a little more excited. Hey, look, Richardson's the court. You know, hopefully he plays. Now I get it. 
that they're practicing tomorrow. So who knows? And we, you and I will be there for this practice. And obviously, we'll I'll give you some notes in the in the chat Thursday. I'll have some extra stuff for you there. And don't forget, folks, if you're new, and I know we've got a lot of new subscribers. We got Darren and we got Philip from overseas, but we can't tell which. Unless you leave us a message, we can't see exactly where you're from. But so we've got the Chapagano interview, which we did, and that was exclusively for us on Sean Desai. He gave great intel on what the defense should look like and, and his background on Sean. Uh, John Filippo also worked with Deshaun. He's, he's known him for, for, they go back to Boston College together. Mm -hmm. He talked about the Fangio scheme, what it's like to play against it, what it makes you do. It's just really great to hear a guy, a guy who managed Desai and Pagano and a guy who worked along Desai and, and saw his offense in practice. Pretty, pretty darn good. That was really cool. And Joe Banner, the Eagles former president came on with us recently, also uh, in August, to to break down so many issues and Eagles roster, what's going on with the Eagles and analytics. And it was just it was one of our favorite interviews we've ever done with Banner. And we're still, by the way, going to have another personnel person on next week. So stay tuned for that. There you go. All right. Looking forward to that. Reminder, Inside the Birds is brought to you by Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. It is the exclusive Jersey Shore Resort of inside the birds. I've been there a couple of times this summer. It is, it's a palace. It's an amazing place. And the summer's not over yet. So uh, I would recommend everybody good concerts there, by the way, check them out, go to the website, find them. It's, it's a really great place. All right. Um, let's get through the injuries because um, there were a couple in the game that we talked about. There have been a couple since the game or coming out of the game. Uh, bigger ones, obviously uh, Adam, Trey Sermon, who had an, uh, you know, overcame a fumble and then wound up having a nice second half for the Eagles, been out with an ankle uh, injury there. And then continue, what, what continues to be an issue for the Eagles is both Quez Watkins and Britton Covey have been out with hamstring injuries, Greg Ward with the shoulder. But let's just, before we get into the others, talk about the hamstring injury to Britton Covey is really hurting him. I mean, yeah, so let's, no doubt let's... about it. Yeah, we'll start with Covey, then we'll work our way back and explain Sermon and Greg Ward and Watkins. So mm -hmm. Covey was working on the side, and I was at Sonny's practice. He was working on the side, so he theoretically should be close. Watkins, I have not seen it all work at all. I mean, I know he's rehabbing, but I haven't seen him work. Shul Greg Ward came out of the game with a shoulder injury, I believe. Trey Sermon certainly did. Uh, those were the offensive injuries. But look, this does not help Britton Covey. Make the team. He would be their fifth receiver. We, we you know, you and I talked off the air about this. We we don't think they're going to keep six. Yeah, Covey would be the five. See the thing that, and this always goes with. You can't just keep a guy for a special team. So we'll get into some thoughts on that. We we've run some things around people in the league on and how they view fourth round picks, fifth, sixth, seventh, and undrafted free agents. You can't just be a special teams player. You got to be more than that. Unless you're Sean Bradley, that was acceptable because. They knew that when they drafted him, that's probably all he would do. That's all he really did. Yeah. But with Covey, they thought he was a dynamic slot potentially. I mean, he's got great interior quickness. Fortunately, he couldn't do that in camp because he's been hurt. And they and he's a, he showed in the second half, once they blocked better for him, he's a much better punt returner. Well, he can't help the club in the top. He hasn't, he's not been on the field in nearly three weeks. This is not good. Plus, obviously, he's the third receiver. He won that job before he got hurt. I don't see anything changing here. He, he needs to get on the field. They need to get him back and get, get their timing back before the season starts. So you worry about that. And Sermon, I think you and I would agree. We don't see him making the team. They're not going to keep five backs. But uh, here's a guy who's subject to waivers. If they do, if he doesn't make the team, he's subject to waivers. If he doesn't get claimed, he would go to the practice squad. Sure. We, we know they 
the head coach can't stop talking about him. <laughs> but he got hurt. He did have a fumble. He did. He rebounded very well with that nice touchdown run. He's a guy that you'd love to have on the practice squad, but he it would be nice uh, if he can get back this week. But he did not practice on Saturday or Sunday. He was in a jersey insurance. There you go. All right. So we also have some injuries on defense right. as well, starting with and and I as I understand this with Fletcher Cox, kind of sore knee. I, I think if he were twenty five years old, and he, maybe they would not, you know have him sideline who knows i don't know how the extent of his soreness but obviously whenever fletcher cox's knee is sore he ain't getting on the field that's just how they're going to do yeah he did some light work on sunday but um so and we're going to get into when we get to uh our breakdowns of the, the position battles and rotations we're going to detail what what they did over the last week with their de-tackle rotations fascinating definitely did some different stuff lately more joma's out with a concussion Son Reddick with his thumb surgery till week one. They still expect him to play week one against New England. Nolan Smith has not practiced since he got hurt in the game. It looked ugly. He downplayed it, but yeah. he hasn't practiced yet with a shoulder. We don't know when he's going to practice. It Aaron is the Johnson. same shoulder that I believe at Georgia he had. Didn't he have a pack is shoulder it? thing last year at Georgia? I thought he not missed sure. a couple of games for that. Yeah. Okay. Not sure. Kyron Johnson has an appendectomy, but we'll keep an eye on that shoulder injury with Nolan Smith. Certainly mm -hmm. down Reddick, you'd like him to get the reps. Kai Gardner did work some on Sunday. I saw him work on seven on seven. Don't think he did team, uh, but they listen as limited with an ankle. The good news is they got two guys back. In fact, one guy didn't miss any time, although it looked like he might. Josh Andrews did not miss any time. He practiced Saturday and Sunday. So he's good to go as their backup center. Patrick Johnson, as he told you, a couple weeks ago was a low ankle sprain. He wouldn't miss. It was not a day-to-day -day situation, but it wasn't week-to-week. -week. He's back. He worked Saturday and Sunday. He's good to go. He he. He was with the second team defense. He did specials, which he's which is going to help him make the team. Mm -hmm. In addition to being a backup outside linebacker, we'll see what happens with him. So that's good news on the injury front. Um, but the the big ones were obvious. Uh, Zach McPherson tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. He went on IR Saturday. Well, he actually went on IR uh, Sunday. Technically, he and Tyree Cleveland and Noah Ellis, three of them were waived injured. They all passed the waivers unclaimed. They're all in injured reserve. Uh, the so theoretically, they're out for the season, but the Eagles, if they want, could reach an injury settlement with them. And they could go to another team once they're healthy enough, but they could, there's a, when you do a settlement with your current team, you, you can't come back for a specified agreement in terms of weeks between the agent and the doctor. Right. It's typically six to eight weeks, but <laughs> McPherson won't be back. He's got an Achilles. We wish the best for Tyree Cleveland, who has a neck and concussion, and then Noah Ellis, who had an unspecified injury. Uh, he's a guy I know that they liked on the practice squad, so I, I certainly could see him Yes, you know, wave, you know, cutting him, you know, reaching a settlement later in the season of going to the practice. Yeah, I would see that as well, and I echo that sentiment. They were uh, pleased with Noah Ellis's progress. Um, to get back to Nolan Smith, he did miss uh, in November last year. I think it finished off his year. He had a torn peck. Oh, we uh, talked so, about that. Yeah. He actually talked about that. I believe the media, I wasn't sure what he was referring to. Now that makes sense with what you said, because mm -hmm. he had the pectoral injury, and you're always worried about that. Uh, so, yeah, and boy, boy, when he jerked that shoulder, when he went, they didn't call it a horse collar. He grabbed the inside of the jersey, but he right. didn't pull it. Right. But you saw him hold his arm like, oh, boy, but thank goodness it's not serious. But, well, I'll, you and I should be there on Tuesday or tomorrow, so we'll, we'll look for that. Mm -hmm. And also, we should mention Ty Zentner, no surprise, was waived. He clearly had no chance. He struggled. And the supposed look is before the high ankle 
injury and it was a pretty severe one last year. He was actually punting decently. Mm -hmm. But the question for for him now is, do they bring in someone to compete against? Right. I, I think yeah. I think with these injuries, like Zach McPherson included, right, Zach McPherson, that people have made some kind of assumptions. Oh, they were going to keep this or this is just remember, we're going to hit this 100 times. There's the initial 53 and then there's the real 53. And you're not just competing against someone on your team at camp like Tyler Zentner and Aaron Sippos were competing against each other. But now Aaron Sippos still has competition. It's who else is out there that the Eagles might think could do a better right. job than he is. Right. So he is not out of the clear. And I sort of look forward to in this podcast, getting into the cornerback situation and discussing how, I don't know if it was a sure thing that so-and-so and so-and-so would have definitely made the team because you can only keep so many numbers. Yeah. And there are certain rights and privileges afforded to certain draft picks as well. So we'll get into that as well in this pod. Um, did we, you mentioned Greedy Williams, right? Uh, yeah. He, well, actually, I did. We, we were on the wave. We were going to get to that right now. Sure, so they waved Zetner and they released Greedy Williams. Mm -hmm. Disappointing did. Greedy Williams. I, I mean, I, 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 good, by the way, you nailed that one in our, our not too early. When did we do that? Not too early, fifty-three. I think it was in right. It was about three weeks after the draft, probably. Is wow, you said you put Greedy Williams off the team. Why do you say that? So we were doing numbers, right? I specifically yeah. said you got to do numbers here, and I was going to wait till we get to corner because we're going to wind up talking about this again. But sure. you have to assume that well, you we know the top three are locks, right? We know they're Slay, we know it's Bradbury, and we know it's Maddox, right? I mean, at least we're, we're and Josh Jones a lock. Right. And then I felt, I, well, I didn't know Job was a lock at the time. Remember this? Oh, no, now ago. he's locked. Yeah, yeah. But right. now he is. But then I thought, all right, you got those three. Killy Ringo is a fourth-round pick. They just don't cut fourth-round picks. So no matter well, how bad he is, or, or I didn't think he was going to be bad. I'm just saying, in my mind, I knew he was definitely four. Last year, the Eagles kept five corners. It's really hard to keep six unless you're playing some – exotic dimes right so i really felt that there was only one spot up for grabs after those four and it was going to be between job um willie uh greedy williams and whoever else they brought in like the eli ricks isn't a, and then i just knew job was on the team last year he played well and i just said i don't think it's going to be an automatic for greedy i think job is going to give him a, a good shot and i went with job to say he under i don't want to say underachieved to say he didn't perform would be an understatement. He 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 was poor. He we know yeah. for a fact he did not play well, perform well, whatever you want to call it in practice. And man, to not even make it to next Tuesday, oi. Yeah, I got yeah. I, as someone as you're echoing here, I'm gonna echo the same sentiment. I think people are surprised that he was as as kind of like not ready to seize the moment as he was because this is not an undrafted rookie. This is a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years. Second rounder. Yeah, a former second rounder, now maybe overdrafted on traits, but still has been in NFL locker room for three years. And the way it was described to me, Adam, is that he just, it was like he he was just not ready for that moment. He didn't show up. And that was, it's not like this is a battle he lost to Josh Job because Job was just a lot better. Job's been good. It's just that he really underperformed. And that was surprising. Yeah, he, uh, he was with the Browns, obviously, for the first four years of his career. And uh boy he, he this is this would be he'll be with someone now luckily the eagles gave him very little money back there all they did all their contracts like this every single free agent just about before training camp was signed got either 500 600,000 fully guaranteed signing mm -hmm. uh, unless you were uh nick morrow got nothing 
uh, guaranteed. But Gritty Williams got six hundred fully guaranteed at signing. Five hundred of it was his base sal of his base salary. One point oh eight million. Five hundred grand was fully guaranteed at signing. The Eagles do owe him no matter what the hundred grand of a signing bonus, but they'll get a cap rebate when somebody signs him. Someone will sign him. Yeah, and that five hundred grand comes off their books. But man, that. Talk about height, weight, speed guy who never lived up to it, boy. And he was hurt a lot. And the Browns had no interest in bringing him back. I know, I understand it's not a lot of money. That's not the point. The point is they really wanted him to be that veteran outside backup, which is important because you got two 30 yard corners. Right. And now right. that they don't have, they have no experience behind the two starters. That's not good. Definitely. All right. So, I mean, at least we get, again, you start to get a clearer picture of how this thing is shaping up now a corner now that um, Zach McPherson's out for the year and now that, uh, Greedy Williams is is has been waived. Let us oh, released, or released, released, released. My fault. Released. Yeah. So there are some newer guys who were brought in uh, in a in a big wave of signings. Now, obviously, before we get to these names, Adam, these are the Eagles have to play a preseason game in a couple of days, right? They have just put a bunch of guys who are uh, not on the injured reserve, but th there are a couple on injured reserve. A couple of guys are just not going to be able to play because of injuries. And so this is this is what you call the camp body or the game body you got to get, get guys in there to just to fill up space in a preseason game um the only one the one that really jumps out is obviously the return of big marv defensive tackle marvin wilson uh and some other guys who were uh, i i gotta be honest with you, some of them i had never heard of before well, here's <laughs> on your point they could not line up today so with cox dealing with a minor knee injury which you're not going to play with that oh joe was out with concussion the only healthy deep tackles they have who were on the roster previously were jordan davis Milton Williams and Marlon Tui Pelotu. So, yeah, they had to. You're, you you nailed it. They had to sign a couple guys, and they actually signed three. Uh, Caleb Sanders of South Dakota State is really small, like really small. He's under 290. Uh, I'm told uh, from someone in scouting uh, around the National Football League, he said he's super small. He said he, he, said he was kind of surprised Philly signed him, and he goes, you know what? They must have injuries. I was like, yes, you're right. That's why. Uh, and then Robert Cooper is a nose tackle with, with Seattle and their offseason program. And in training camp, he was waived recently out of Florida State. He's an undrafted free agent as well. And old friend Marvin Wilson is back. I'm going to call Robert Cooper Bobby C. Just my good buddy Bobby. Nah, nah. We, I used to have Bobby a friend C. named Bobby C. So we're going to call uh, him Bobby okay. C. Okay. Uh, yeah, Marvin Wilson back. Uh, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, the inside linebacker. Oh, I I'm sorry. Olave Sagopolo, who they signed about a week and a half ago. I'm sorry. He would be the fourth D tackle, but because of the, the heat and you need to have five guys in a preseason game. Mm -hmm. And plus, if Cox isn't playing, would you really play Jordan Davis? I mean, do you really? Because we don't know yet. Considering the game that they're practicing Tuesday, why would they play the starters? Right. You could use them. To, typically, you don't play the starters. You, you practice them in the joint practice. Although it'll have to be a light one, it's two days before the game. But nevertheless, why would you play them? So yeah, they 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 had a they had a numbers issue, and oh, this guy I know, Quentin Bell. They signed an outside linebacker, and the yeah, one of the only names I could remember. <laughs> well, the comical thing is he's wearing seventy four. Nice, what is, what, nice. What, does he have to wear a defensive tackle or offensive? <laughs> so Quentin Bell, I remember with the Raiders from training camp many years ago. He was a seventh rounder in twenty nineteen. And he's now with his fourth team in four years. And he's he sort of got some measurables. He's a he's a small school guy. But like you said, 
just you throw them out there in, in, in preseason from Prairie View A&M, by the way. Oh, good old Prairie View in Texas. Yeah. Correct. So he, they brought him in. Tyreek Maddox-Williams, for you Rutgers fans, <laughs> they brought him in uh, as an inside linebacker. Now, what? remember, oh, we should mention, uh, we forgot to mention, this was on our list to talk about. Um, Miles Jack retired. He went on reserve. Oh, yes. Yeah. Reserve retired. He went on that list on Sunday. Boy, they didn't waste any time. They put him on that list, which means they were able to re to fill his spot. So Tyreek Maddox Williams is was an undrafted free agent out of Rutgers last year. Oh, he's older. He's 25. He was, well, he was an older undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was with the Chargers last season. The Chargers cut him in July. So he is now here. You figured he'll just be one of those I mean, Paul, preseason game bodies. It is what it is. And Man, what a lot of moves. Holy smokes. Yeah, you know, listen, go back a couple of weeks to Inside the Birds when they made those um, linebacker additions. And what we said was that they weren't messing around. They were getting some veterans in. And we told you that Zach Cunningham, well, from what we were hearing, was the guy that you really got to watch for to, to to make some hay here and potentially start alongside N'Kobe Dean, which I think will happen when they're in yeah. their base formations and run formations. He's, he's 6'3". His range against the run is good obviously oh, neither no. of these guys covered but as you pointed out and and i followed up with the following podcast we both uh sources were telling us about miles jack that there were some real questions about the knees and whether they were going to hold up and you know miles himself was talking about like one foot in the door for trade school like it it, it always felt even the way he described kind of being at home playing video games and all of a sudden getting a call that maybe he kind of saw the writing on the wall even as he signed here the eagles did the right thing they 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 brought him in and they gave him the first team reps first. I mean, he's Miles Jack. He had the pedigree. He's been something in this league. But you you saw it by by the last game. Cunningham was running with the ones, right? And oh, actually, Miles, yeah, I was going to say, sorry, week and a half ago, Miles Jack was excuse me, Zach Cunningham was over Miles Jack. It was obvious, right. obvious. Right. And so go ahead. Jack was playing in the fourth quarter of that game uh, mm. a couple nights ago in the second preseason game. So you had already seen. That what we had told everybody was that Zach Cunningham, give him a, like a week, give him some practices, let him get out. He's going to wind up rising up the depth chart, uh, and he did. Yeah, the only question with Zach Cunningham was from a health standpoint. Yes, we did say when they signed, we expect well, Cunningham to be the guy that beats out Jack to probably start next to uh, Nicobe Dean, which looks like it's going to happen because Nick Moore's been running with the twos mostly. He's got a little smattering of first team reps, but mm-hmm. the only thing with that is. It's not like you can't throw in first or second down. They'll target. Now we'll see how much they do it, but they'll they'll target Cunningham in the pass game. Like you'll get a. I know Zach. You're right. He's tall. He's long. You love that. He's a great run stopper. Tough guy. Boy, for a while there, he was one of the better 34 inside linebackers in the National Football League. Obviously, this is a good fit for him. He's played this, not the Fangio, but he played in this tough defense. So that's a good one here. Now the the question would be. To start the season, okay, we we we, think, we believe it's going to be Dean and Cunningham. We think Ellis will make it. Morrow should be the fourth. That's probably – do you see them keeping five? No. In fact, I almost tinkered with the idea, do they just keep three and just have a guy in the oh. practice squad? But I think that's a little risky. We'll yeah. talk about why they might want to do that later in this in – in a few minutes when we get to defense. <laughs> but I don't – I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Dean, Cunningham, Ellis, and Morrow in some form or fashion. So, yeah, I think they'll wind up keeping four. Too risky to just keep three, even at a position that they don't value as much. 
So uh, why don't we transition now to talking about some of these position battles uh, on offense and defense. First, we're going to remind you that it's Ocean Casino Resort's fifth birthday this summer, and they can't wait to celebrate with you. So join Ocean for exciting promotions and sweepstakes, headline entertainment, the best day life and nightlife lineup in AC, the debut of the birthday bar, exclusive local collabs and partnerships, commemorative fifth birthday merchandise, and so much more. Don't miss stunning fireworks and unique events all summer long. Ocean Rewards members will enjoy over $5 million in gifts and prizes, so be sure to sign up for an Ocean Rewards card to get on the fun next time you visit. All right, so let's talk about offense, and we'll start with the most important position, and I think we've got to – I mean, I was getting the tweets and the, the reactions from people like after the first reception or the first pass completion. This whole like idea of Marcus Mariota struggling, true. Tanner McKee, impressing, true. In games, Mc... in games, in games, yes, yes. Tanner McKee pushing Marcus Mariota for the number two spot, not true. Yeah, they shot this down. It, it look, it. I get it. Mariota's really not playing well. That's and it, it's not just practice. It's in games. You all saw it in the games. He's been wildly inconsistent in practice. Now, the, the only good thing I'd say about his last week in practice, you definitely see sometimes you go, "Wow, that's a really good throw." And then for the life of me, he sails balls when a guy's wide open. I mean, this isn't just off by a foot. This could be off by 10 yards. I don't think it's a timing thing. <laughs> I'm only laughing as you're spit because I'm like, you remember when they signed him and I said, I watched the oh, game last year and it was Probably. surprising to me how right. badly he overthrew guys that were wide open. That's why, by the way, that's why, you know, people at Kyle Pitts and Fantasy Pitts had the meniscus injury. Yeah. He was wide ass open. He just wanted to get in the football because Mariota would struggle. He just couldn't get him the ball. Yeah, and and there were times. I mean, that offensive line's not bad in Atlanta. It's it's pretty. It's got some yeah, players. Got a bunch right. of high round picks. But as I said before, his wheels are great. He's healthy. And this is where Alex Tanney is a young quarterbacks coach. You know, he's only been coaching for three years. He's got to figure out a way to get his mechanics better. I like that McKee has at least shown well. He's been pretty good in the games. Two games. Just to get a lot of practice reps. Right. Uh, but, and I know they get the, the developmental period after practice is over, which is really probably where he's getting the reps. And that's great. And where we work with, but Mario has got to be better because he's one injury away from playing. And based on Hertz's injury history, first years as a starter, probably going to have to play. And this is just not acceptable. The, the, this inaccuracy with this, they're, they're so good on offense from a talent step. They're, they're, you know, they're argu arguably NFL's best offense. Right. And you need to be better. Mariota did not play well last year. That I don't know. I don't know what you can do other than, you, like they, the coaches said, they're going to keep working with him. But they got to get the footwork better, mechanics better, arm slot better. He's just not throwing the ball well. Yeah, and someone reached out to us, Adam, I think on, on our Inside the Birds Twitter, and said, well, why is it not a discussion if the number three quarterback is clearly outperforming the number two quarterback? And the answer to that, I say, is, because there's a whole lot of context you're missing in that conversation. The number three quarterback is performing well in games against guys who are going to be cut mostly, you know, in the following week or two. Twos and threes, right. And then the number three quarterbacks are rookies never ever played in the NFL game. The Eagles are a franchise that believes so much in the backup quarterback value of a backup quarterback that that's why they picked Jalen Hurts there. They we, Obviously, Nick Foles led them to a Super Bowl. They want someone who they know can come in and win games for them. And if they don't believe Marcus Mariota is that guy, they're not going to hand those keys to Tanner McKee and say, you are that guy. What they're oh, going yeah. to do, and this goes back to the case of, 
you're not always competing against your teammates. You're competing against what's out there. If there were somebody out there that they felt would be better than Marcus, because they maybe have came to the decision that Marcus is just cooked, then they'll make that move. But they're not just going to go to Tanner McKee. And by the way, they're going to be, I would assume, very patient also with Marcus Mariota here. Yeah. You also. wouldn't put McKee, you wouldn't as a coach in coaching standpoint, you're not going to put McKee, this kid McKee. Let's say, okay, we'll, we'll extrapolate this. Let's say that let's say that it's week eight, Mariota fills in for Hurts for two games. He's really doing badly. You're not going to put your season on the line with the third string quarterback. And and about we don't even know if we'll make the team. And he obviously because he's got good tape out there as your quarterback. The Eagles have to th- think long and hard about whether they're going to waive him or not, try to get him to the practice squad. That that's risky when it's a quarterback. Any of some like a fifth corner who who puts good, good tape together, he might he might clear waivers, but his kids look good in, in the preseason and he's a guy you'd love to develop. Maybe he's the future too. Sure, he could be, but not now. That's just not the way it works. Right. But the problem that you have is because you talked about it, if he's he looks cooked, if he's got to play. Other than Joe Flacco, they don't seem to be interested in. I don't know what they would do. I mean, they, they, I know there'll be some guys cut next week, next Tuesday. But, man, it's they've got to get him righted, and the time is running out. Yeah, it is. It is. It's running out, and yet still there's like three weeks before a game is played, a real game is played, and he may not have to play it in, in that game. So, I mean, he only has to play if Jalen Hurts is hurt. So, we'll get we'll, – if anything pops up on the radar, we'll be – we'll know. We'll let you know. But right now, they're going to give Marcus Mariota every chance to get things right. And and he has improved since the fr- – he was really, really not good in the first week or so oh. of camp. I think that – I mentioned this last pod. I think having a natural center or – close to it like Josh Andrews has helped him you've seen him complete the ball better now than the first two weeks but he's got to he's got to stop the interceptions and as you mentioned and I don't know if he can do this but I mean he just has to improve that accuracy on wide open targets head you just hit on the guy's wide ass open and he throws it over the guy's head it's it doesn't seem to me to be a timing issue you mentioned Josh Andrews being there and certainly he's hit now I'll say this about Mariota he's made some really good throws yeah you go, wow, okay, the arm strength is back, the legs are back, but then why the why is the ball sailing? Yeah. No, that's it's, concerning. It's, it is concerning. Um, all right. So let's let's move off the quarterbacks. I wrote more about if you want more of an understanding and more context, I wrote a story on insidethebirds.com. It's titled uh, Back It Up. It's sort of my way of saying, hold up, pump the brakes, back it up on Tanner McKee as going into the year as the backup quarterback with a, a detailed explanation why on insidethebirds.com. Uh, all right, Adam, running back, <laughs> a, a different situation here where you, you don't know who's one, two, three, whatever, but but it's all because they're all pretty good players here. And so this is a really good problem for the Eagles figuring this out. It's, start, it's starting to get clear. Gamewell clearly is, we, we, call, we call this situational backfield, it definitely is. Gamewell yes. is your four-minute back, your two-minute back. Could be their main goal line back, as crazy as it sounds, but again, he's incredible at conversion. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have juice of Penny or Swift. You know, when you go to practice, you don't see Swift or Penny getting a lot of reps. I get it. That injury history. Got to be careful. Swift, I saw him with the ones at 7-on-7. I've seen him with ones with with, with uh, 11-on-11s. But Gamewalk seems to get the most snaps of all the running backs. That could be purposeful because Swift Penny's injury history. And then you see Boston Scott gets reps. Yeah, he gets, he gets his reps. Uh, now, the, the thing we don't know, and this is the big thing, is, okay, who's the main ball carrier? That's where it gets interesting because Gamewell doesn't have the juice of Penny or Swift. And Penny, you got to be it's just Swift. You got to be careful with because 
He's a bounce it outside runner. Gamewell's an inside runner. Penny's a home run hitter. That's where you get their committee going. Yeah. Gamewell clearly has a, a role. He, he is their clear situational uh, two-minute back, four-minute back, and, and goal line guy. He's got that. He's got it. I mean, he's going to be that main guy right now. Does it, Do you get the sense that after each game, you know, throughout the year, we're going to be talking about a different running back leading the team in touches each game? From obviously, there's only four, it right? Could. I'm not saying 17 different guys, but I'm just saying like week one might be different than week two. Week two, yes. might be, you well, know. I would say one probably should be Gainwell based mm-hmm. on what we've seen throughout the entire training camp. But the reality is, Swift and Penny are just more explosive. You, it's about making explosive plays and defensively not giving them up with their ability to throw the ball down the field. It's incredible, right? Hurts is so good with, with Smith. And, and Brown and, and obviously Goddard as a vertical tight end. But they need to get the vertical game in, in the pass game with the running backs. And Swift is just better at way better, more explosive than Gainwell is. Right. Just right. Gainwell's, who the hell knew this is going to be the case? He'd be like this great, but as uh, fantasypoints.com said in their metrics, he's the best short yardage back in the NFL of all people. I think, I mean, it's crazy. But that's not why they draft him. They draft him to be explosive back, and we haven't seen that back. So, They've got Swift to do that. So it, it could work. It could work situationally. And you uh-huh. said it. They've got three weeks left. We'll see what happens. We will. And um, I think it's going to be uh, – <laughs> I do think that after each game, we're going to be like, hey, this guy only had seven touches, but he wound up having 110 yards. Oh, I know. Yeah. Penny, Penny's that guy. Yeah. Or Swift. Like Swift could catch the ball like that. Swift you know? killed and, the Eagles. Yeah. What, what did he, he kill them in week one? Yeah, he did. Oh my God, the fifty-five yard run, the forty-yard catch. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, look, you know, for those of you who've been with for a while, we we pushed and thicked myself for the Eagles to draft game well. Well, I thought he'd be used as a, a specific way. It's been a one eighty on his issues. Totally different from the way he played at Memphis. Who the hell knew? But yeah, you know what? Seriously. I give the coaches credit. At least they found something he's really good at. He's a burrower. You know, he gets low and he he gets through there. He gets super low and he's good at that. But they need some juice in that run game. All right, let's talk real quick. Uh, we'll get into offensive line uh, a little bit wide receiver before we move to defense. First, I want to pause real quick to hear a word from some great sponsors. All right, Adam. Um, as we talk about the offensive line, it's pretty clear there's no questions as a starting offensive line. We know. Right now, Cam Jurgens is your starting right guard, and that was really the only question about the starters going in. The backups, I mean, holy cow, right? I mean, this is going to be an entire – you know, outside of Jack Driscoll, right, who's who's going to be a backup, we know his value is as a backup swing, right guard, right tackle, all right? We know Tyler Steen is a third-round pick, so he's making the team. Oh, yeah. Hasn't looked great. You and I both know that. We've heard the same thing. He's He's got to come a, a higher way to be, to really be relevant. But right now, he's on the team. So that's seven right there. Uh, you mentioned either last podcast, watch out for, or maybe before that, watch out for Fred Johnson. He's a guy with experience, and he's a natural left tackle. I've been hearing the same thing. I mean, it's clear we, you know, as we understand it, you know, Fred, Fred Johnson's going to wind up on this team because he's a backup left tackle naturally, and they don't have – another guy who you can say is a natural backup left tackle. And that's an important spot. I mean, he has experience. He, he is a veteran, uh, more or less. He's been yeah. with the Steelers, Bengals, Bucks. He's sort of a young journeyman. He's long. He's six over six, seven. Yeah. We saw him get work with the twos in the last week and a half. But man, if you look at, you're right. Look, Driscoll's clearly the best backup. He's been a good story. He's, he's on the funny. He was a rookie deal. The good backup 
guard, right tackle, get you out of a pinch for three or four games. No, buy reps in practice and buy the game. Sua Pettis should make the team. It's not a lock, though. Right. I not agree with lock. you. Not a lock. I think Josh Andrews, you know, I, I'm not going to call him a lock, but they don't have a backup center. They don't have a guy who can snap the ball other than Jurgens. But in the middle of a game, if Jason Kelsey limps off, we know they don't want to move Jurgens to center and then put a right. We know they don't want to, you know, weaken two. They just okay. want to make one change. And so to me, that gives Josh Andrews a pretty good shot here. We've seen Brett Toth as a center. It's not a good thing. The snaps were not good. Andrews has been working with the second team before the ankle. I'm sure he's going to get another week or two here to really show he deserves to be on the 53. But th again, could this be a situation where Andrew doesn't make it, but they do find somebody out there at cutdown day who they think has snapping experience and could be a yeah, absolutely. But that I would just keep my eye on him and don't just dismiss Josh Andrews because he got here uh, a week or two ago. He serves an important role right now. The reason is is because he knows the blocking scheme, which is different. Yep, it's it's kind of they're kind of unique. The way that they deal with the hand users, as Trey Thomas has told us repeatedly through our our, our shows, it's different than the, the catch technique is different. And he knows it. He obviously he, he was with the Eagles previously with Stoutland, so that's important. Mm -hmm. But man, their depth is not very good in the offensive line. That that's look, they're starting twenty-two is terrific for the most part, except for safety, which we'll get to. Uh, but man, their their backup, their depth is not very good. Yeah, and we we, we should add, you know, one reason is that a guy that they believed in at one point last year kept him on the 53, Josh Sills, has, uh, as we understand it, he has not had a, a good camp at all. Yeah. I mean, people saw with their own eyes he didn't get much of a push. Yeah. Or he got pushed back on that safety in the preseason game, and that's not just the only bad moment for Josh Sills. Now, this, Adam, it might be a little, I don't want to say unfair. I mean, he he joined the team in the middle of camp. I don't know how much workout. He wasn't with them in OTAs. He's clearly behind, but the Eagles – can't factor that in and say no you know we can't we'll, we'll accommodate there they got to take the best eight or nine guys you know the crazy thing is you know, last year remember he did initially make the team and then he obviously went to suspend the uh list because of the field issue but he was good enough to make it last year so he obviously had a good camp we just that was one of the guys that kind of slipped in the cracks mm -hmm. for, for any of us who covered this team but it, it, we haven't i get it he was out of football for a while this tree, you know, he didn't have an offseason. You know, they put him right to work because they had to make up for lost time, but he hasn't done it yet. Dennis Kelly, I don't know. I, mm. I just, I don't know. I, I know a tight source told me he wasn't sure this yeah. could do it anymore. I'm not getting great vibes either. Yeah. So, look, they, this is a little troubling. Can't play, yeah. can't play Driscoll at every position now. So, no, you really can't. So, it's looking like the starting five, Fred Johnson, um, Tyler Steen, Jack Driscoll. So that, that gives you eight right there. And then Both? we'll just see. Both? Again, what is he making the team as? I mean, he's not. If Back you get, up you left, get, he can do it. He did it in practice, I saw. But, but if you keep Toth over Andrews, you're 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 leaving yourself without a backup. Well, no, center. he would he's a backup. He would be he won't play center, he'll be a backup tackle or no, I know. I'm just saying for the roster spot, if you're keeping a ninth guy and it's Toth, oh, not eight, keeping Andrews, you don't right. have a backup center. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Andrews, to me, I'd be very surprised if he didn't make it. And the good thing is the ankle was no problems. He, he practiced Saturday and Sunday. So right. uh, it's it's a little shaky. We got to call it like it is. It looks shaky on paper. Uh, but the, the good thing is, though, there should be some good veterans on the street at the, mm -hmm. once teams cut them. I know they have to learn the blocking technique. You, 
you let the guy, if they bring anyone else in, you let them learn it and practice. Got to give them some time. But it definitely on paper right now looks a little shaky. Yeah. All right. So let's transition to wide receiver and just spend a, a real quick minute on this because there's really, I mean, the top four are set. We know AJ Brown. We know Devontae Smith. We know Quez Watkins and Olamide Zacchaeus are your top four. The question is the fifth one. We've said that's often special teams, punt return, but clearly Britton Covey, who made it, he didn't make it last year. He wound up getting signed off the practice squad last year, right? Correct. You you wonder if the Eagles are headed toward something that they did last year, which is sort of get away with not having a punt returner early. Didn't they use um, elevations on a couple of guys? Oh, well, they did on Covey. They elevated him three times first before they actually signed him to the 53, if I recall. They brought Greg Ward in later in the year because they thought they may have to elevate him. You know what happened? He he uh, he got hurt and he had injury settlement, so he had to wait. On your point, he had to wait. Right. Um, but they didn't act. They didn't activate him till I think January. Correct. So I'm just wondering if the fifth wide receiver for the Eagles is somebody who's a not on the team yet, or mm. b sort of a piecemeal guy who's elevated from the practice squad week after week, and the Eagles try to get away with just four. That Kobe seems Ward. a little low. Could be Ward, could be best veteran. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't go through waivers. But Devin Allen, by the way, has worked as a punt returner lately, which is interesting because he's been a kickoff returner. I'm not I'm not suggesting he's going to make it, but the, what I would tell you, though, he has been working with the twos for the last week as a receiver. Mm. I still think it's a, a long shot, but remember we said last year they want to develop him as a receiver. Well, here you go. It's, what should we give up his offseason? I know he doesn't want to go because he's a track star. Yeah, shame because he's got such incredible straight line speed. Yep, I don't know. You tell me who else could be a punt returner here. Well, again, that's why I sort of um say we need to see around the league who gets who's cut down. I mean, th- there's always punt returners that are, yeah, I'm just saying on the roster. Though. Oh, on the ro- no, that's that's what shocks me. They have so many good skill position players, you know, they've used Devontae Smith as a punt returner in games a couple of times, but I don't think they want to get in that business permanently. Yeah, no, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, some people have said Boston Scott. Now, I, I does, I know he's done it at times in his I career. Right? Didn't camp. He? The, the ten practices I've been to, I've not seen. I've seen him on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've seen Rashad Penny kickoffs, which is what we expected. Six times in his career, all with the Eagles in 2019. Six times he uh, returned. That's the last punts. time he did it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, so. He's not a bad kickoff returner. He's really no. Not. no. Yeah. Sermon, by the way, could, could do kicks. But... <laughs> well, he's trying to. I, I wouldn't say he was real adept at it, yeah. but they put him back there. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's a small issue. But the, the bottom line is the fifth receiver job. So, but Imgata, I know I had him on my not too early fifty three back in uh, May on it. Uh, he's pushing for it. So he's a guy they, they could probably cut and sneak through. I don't, I don't know, but I don't see a problem. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That, that's how it was put to us about Angada and Tyree Cleveland. They've, they've looked nice in camp with Cleveland before the injury, obviously, but what they really are are wide receiver five or practice squad guy. You and, know? and this Johnny King is a jumbo size receiver out of SEMO, Southeast Missouri State. Remember, he had that great catch against Baltimore? He, yeah. He's a big dude. He's over 6'4". And Deion Kane's finally back. He's come back the last five days from this injury. Yeah. But that guy, the fifth receiver may not be here. He may be on another team right now. Who knows? There you go. All right, let's move over to defense, Adam. And this defensive line situation, man, 
if what we're hearing is right <laughs> it's fascinating man i'm telling you they got such incredible depth yeah at tackle they so let's look at d tackle right the guys sure. we know will be on the team right mm-hmm. cox davis carter williams are four now ojomo's hurt he was pushing mm-hmm. katavi street is pushing marlon to mm-hmm. Marlon Tui Pelotu with a backup nose definitely is pushing. Mm-hmm. And Williams three says, guys. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a lot of guys. I mean, you, you don't want to keep six or seven, but Street also is playing at 34 front. He's playing at 43. He's got positional versatility. He's a veteran. He's got some push. He, Greg Cosell told him he definitely has pass rush ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a toughie. This is the this is the deepest position on the team. Mm-hmm. And all the, I guess, I'm sorry, running back. Well, running back and off. Yeah. I mean, what makes it, two things make this very difficult, I think, for the Eagles, Adam. One, and you can correct me if you heard differently, but from what we're hearing, these three guys at the end here, Street, Ajomo, and Tui Peloto, are all having good camps. That's what we've heard. That that they're all performing well. Um, Tui Peloto especially, which is pretty interesting. You know, he didn't, hasn't done anything his first two years, but again, he is someone that they felt, can be a backup nose, plays the run well. You can move him around a little bit, three, nose, five, all that. Um, and the thing is, unlike running backs and receivers, when you wave these guys on cutdown day, they're not automatic that you bring them back because teams are always looking for good defensive, interior um, defensive line, just like defensive ends and, and tackles. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really – could they keep six or seven? I, I could see six. Well, here's the thing, Williams – He's obviously going to play DN. He has, but he's going to line up more inside. He's a backup three technique. Mm-hmm. So pull up, like, well, one of the things I saw in practice recently is they played Carter as a um, zero technique. Mm-hmm. So, and which is, by the way, which is what you, we thought would happen with him. And like, you get back, you could play, you're going to play him at the three to back up Cox. You're going to back him up to play with Davis. You're also going to play him with Davis. Where he's a three technique next to Davis. You you could play him also at end in a four man front, which I saw by the way. Mm. Um, you, so you, he's Carter's right, but you have and then Williams could play inside or outside. Two below two is their ba- backup nose. But Greg Cosell did tell us that he had upside as a pass rush. We did see that on tape. I remember Greg telling us that when we did that show with uh, the post-draft show in 21. And then you got Moro Jolo, who's had a good camp. He's flashed. Yeah. And street. So, yeah, it's a I, – I can't see seven. Six, yeah, seven. What if you considered oh. Williams a defensive end because he can play – you mentioned he can well, play he outside. Well, considered ass, but he does both. Right. Well, what I'm saying is you sort of count it as six D tackles and then you throw Williams with – because you really don't have that many hand-in-the-dirt D ends. It's just Williams, Sweat, and if you want to call Barnett and BG um, D ends instead of edges or outside edges. linebackers, yeah. then that really is uh, four guys. That's ten. That's ten on your line, which is not an absurd number for the Eagles. The only thing that sort of then calls into question, and this is why I said maybe three off the ball linebackers instead of four is that you've got your edge rushing linebackers, which are going to be Reddick, Nolan Smith, and um, probably BG. I mean, well, no, I counted BG as a D end. I mean, Reddick, I mean oh, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant edge. Oh, so the way you're off the balls are going to be, 
Well, no, Nolan would be an would be a, an, an an outside linebacker, strong side linebacker is what I'm talking edge about, rusher. or an overhang. Let's call them overhangs. He's an edge for, rusher. Yeah. yeah, edge rusher. Um, Hassan Reddick, uh, Nolan Smith, yep. and so there's a battle right now. Barnett, you're calling an edge, right? Well, I'm calling Barnett a D D end. I put it. Well, all right. Well, if you want to call him an edge, and you take him out of D end, and that still just gives you nine combination I mean, of dn dt so you could frames line up at end and he lines up at it as a, he, he lines it he plays with hand down he plays he stands up yeah so sweaty so the point is with 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 total rushers tackles ends and edges you if you kept the 60 t's or seven with williams kind of fudging it between dt de and kept maybe four quote-unquote overhangs that's 14 guys you might be able to get that I, that's wow. tough so so yeah, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't surprise me if Howie made a move here. If he felt that somebody had some trade value and he can get something, he makes a move. I don't know who that would be. Obviously, it's not going to be, you know, you know, your your marquee guys, but maybe there's some kind of um, fifth or sixth you can get for someone. I don't know. We'll see. But it is a conundrum for them. Um, and th- obviously, it's a good conundrum, though, because these are all guys who are – they like how they're performing. That's yeah. the key. They like well, how they... these guys are performing. Yeah, and they're a multiple front team. Yep. So – Three, four, four, three. Uh, they'll, they'll still play some of that five-man front, although they haven't started games like that. I'm sure they'll still do that. Yep. But it's uh, it's a good problem to have. They have unbelievable depth at fifty tackle. Like it, it's look, they've always been good on the lines. This is why. This is why. Other than the couple of drafts they had, which were pretty bad, but when they've gotten it right, they've they've done so well drafting, developing, signing the right free agents on the defensive line. When you're good on the lines, you're giving yourself a chance. And yeah. they're certainly really good on the line. Absolutely. So the one real, I guess, battle, like guy versus guy here in camp, you can talk about is that backup, that last edge or outside edge rusher spot between Janaris Robinson and Patrick Johnson. Um, now, Janaris had some good good plays in that preseason game. He had, he had, a, a, he had great, a hit. He had yeah. great, uh, in fact, both games he had a couple quality rushes. Right. And yeah, Patrick Johnson just got back to practice from the ankle injury a couple days ago. Now, here's a case where special teams might be the winning factor. What we're told on Janaris Robinson is that shows really good power, a little bit stiff as an edge rusher. And maybe that's why the Vikings gave up on him quickly. It doesn't have great natural bend or explosion around the edge, but he has good power and good speed to power. You saw that in the preseason game, but they have always liked Patrick Johnson. Patrick Johnson has actually played as a backup edge rusher in games for the Eagles last year, and he's been a special teams contributor. So I would say right now, Patrick Johnson probably has the lead in that advantage. He wouldn't be because the second year, he's already in play specials. He was doing very well, by the way. Third year, actually. Seen him before the injury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would say that. George Robinson, though, man, he's a big, he's way bigger physically than Patrick Johnson. He's a big dude. Yeah, you wonder if they can get some good tape on him against the Colts, and then maybe somebody else, you know, wants to, oh, to yeah. offer them something. Right, of course, additional steps. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move to to uh, inside linebacker, quarterback safety, the back end of the defense. First, I want to remind everybody to check out our friends at PHLSportsNation.com. They're enhancing the fans' experience with all their coverage of all Philadelphia sports teams. For the fan, by the fan is their motto, so make sure you check them out at PHLSportsNation.com. And on Twitter, at PHL sports nation let's also pause to hear a word from sky motor cars sky motor cars in westchester is a different sort of dealership 
All it takes is one look at their Highline pre-owned vehicles that people over the country want to see. Owner Brett Schilder, make sure you don't spend a dime of your money before you purchase the car. Sky Motor Cars allows you to make all the decisions regarding your next vehicle. At Sky Motor Cars, you never have to spend more than necessary. Visit SkyMotorCars.com today or call 610-918-7225. And if you stop into Sky Motor Cars, make sure you tell them Adam just sent you. You will get a great deal. Be very fascinating to see this year who drives the Sky Motor Cars vehicles. We know oh. a lot of the Eagles have taken that advantage yep. of that in the past. Sixers. I didn't see Paul Reed there. Oh, there you go. B-ball Paul. Uh, nice. A lot of NFL players, not just Eagles. We know that the Marcus Peters now with the Raiders. They actually delivered this car when he was in Baltimore. Yep. They're the best. The reviews are incredible. SkyMotorCars.com. You, you can see their cars. They have them on their website, and they ship across the country. Pretty cool, and they're the best. That All right, linebacker, Adam. Inside linebacker, we already touched on the four that, we, that we're pretty confident in here. The question is maybe the roles. You know, Cunningham is definitely yeah. against the run, goal line, short yardage. But when you're in pass defense and you're in a natural nickel with two off-ball linebackers, N'Kobe Dean's one – Who's the other? Is it Christian Ellis? Is it Nick Morrow? Um, you know, Morrow probably. Yeah, probably more. Although I, I, every time I think that, I get some pretty good feedback on Christian Ellis, who is having a good camp. But I, I do think that they would rather have a veteran presence in there as of now, and then maybe if they don't feel like they're getting what they want week four, week five, maybe there's a. That's the history of them, right? They start off with one, and then if it doesn't work out, then they kind of juggle and put a different guy in. We've seen that throughout the past. So yeah, we we know their base is, is when they play their 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 first and second down guys will be Dean and Cunningham, Nickel. We'll have we'll we'll see how they do this. We'll see how they do this when. Uh, you know, it's funny because it looks like a nickel is their base because they never play three linebackers. Because I don't Rex an edge rusher. I know technically he's a linebacker, strong side. He's an edge rusher. Yeah. Um, so. It, we'll see, and then will they do dime here? Because we know Gannon wasn't big on that. The, the single linebacker should be Dean. I'll tell you what, he's instinctive. I, I, I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple of weeks now. Boy, he, he's had a couple picks. He knows where to go. He deflects the ball. He just, it's just you see why they, you see why pe scouting people around the National Football League are so high on him. Mm -hmm. I get it, small frame. You're worried about that. That's why he got knocked in the run. I, I've asked a bunch of teams in my training camps where they all said the same thing. Kind of worried about his size. Mm -hmm. As you detailed us uh, for us after the draft, was it just a pectoral injury which limited him in their in the offseason last year. It was a bunch of three or four minor injuries which you're worried about, small frame. So that's it. That's but he's a very talented guy. We're really looking forward to seeing him play this season. Adam, one thing that should really help him, based on you know what we heard about everything you just said about his frame, it's not how he plays the game, is that the switch from not having Javon Hargrave as a three technique oh. to having Jalen Carter, or even if it's Contavious Street or Tui Pelotu, right? Whoever's in there is that in order for Nicobe Dean to really function as the way they want him to and the way he's built to, he has to be kept clean, right? This is not a guy who's just going to take on a 320-pound guard, knock him to the side, and then make the tackle like Jeremiah Trotter would do, right? He really needs to be kept clean. And I think, in fairness, it would have been tough um, like if Hargrave were there to, to really know if he could have done that. Edwards did a really good job. He was always in the right place, always in the right time, got himself in a position where he can make tackles. But even he, there were sometimes games where we saw that they struggled in run defense well, and the linebackers weren't kept clean. So they just need to be clean. 
Right. He he was a smaller guy that would build up his body. He got, mm-hmm. I think you outlined this for us a year ago or two. He started to get a little, not that he was fast, but he worked on his drops. He was better in coverage. He, he wasn't ideally what you wanted as a nickel linebacker, but he got better. He wasn't the liability he once was. But Dean is just a phenomenal talent. It's just got to get over the frame. As you mentioned, got to 100% sick, best point of all. You've got to clean him up. you got to mm-hmm. keep him clean because one of the things that you know, bother people in the league about Hargrave, the tape showed it. it, it whether he's on a contract drive or not, the tape showed that his technique was poor against the run. He's kind of doing his own thing. You can't have that. You're not going to pay this guy. Now, the Niners did. They, went, they paid him $20 million a year over his first two. They're paying him they're by contract. They're, they can't get out of they got to pay him $40 million over the first they two. They do have bigger linebackers, guys like they do. Yeah, Warner well, and Drake Greenlaw. Well, they can get away with it. I get it. Yeah. I get it, but that 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 doesn't get make an excuse for him to, to to give up on the run like he did. That's inexcusable. One hundred percent. So that's I don't blame the Eagles for walking away. All right, so let's let's we'll move on to corner now. So this is sort of the fascinating conversation that we've been having as far as numbers, right? The Eagles kept five corners last year. Six is a absurdly big number of cornerbacks to keep, but they've already got four locks. Yep, with Slay. Bradbury, Maddox, and Ringo, and really Josh Job. So that's five locks. Five. Yep. When Zach McPherson got hurt, everybody said, oh, he was going to make it. He's the backup slot. I can't believe this is really tough. And it is. And I believe he would have made it as the backup slot. But tell me then how all those other guys make it and McPherson was going to make it. They were going to keep six? I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, their plan for McPherson is what we saw for two weeks. When you So the way to explain to me was this on uh, first, through, first through fourth round picks. The first two rounds are obvious. They have to they have to start this when they were drafted. Eventually, third or fourth rounders to justify the pick must play the position they were drafted for. Mm-hmm. They can't just be special teams players. That's not why you draft someone in the third round. It doesn't work that way. So eventually, Zach McPherson had to play corner. Okay, what did the Eagles do? They finally cross-trained him at outside corner. Mm-hmm. They moved Bradbury inside. This is interesting. And they still could do it with Bradbury, by the way. Yes. But they finally cross-trained him at it. You got to justify the pick. You got to see if he can do it. He wasn't just going to be a backup slot. They started cross training and unfortunately towards Achilles. So that's out the door. So the question now would be with the five spots taken, then we turn this back to you. Do they keep Mario Goodrich now as the backup slot, which he's been doing the last couple of weeks? Do they I... keep Garner or Rick? Yeah, it's a great question. And I wrote about this the other day on InsideTheBirds.com. It started to crystal. It, I was already thinking about this. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before the McPherson injury. But you just mentioned it. There had to be a reason that they were starting to play James Bar- Bradbury in the slot. Has to be a reason they were doing that. Why are they all of a sudden cross-training him in the slot? Is it because yeah. they were not going to keep McPherson, but they felt like Mc- with Job on the outside, maybe 20, 30 percent. I don't I'm not I'm just I'm going through what was in my head. Yeah, was it that? Let's get get, get yeah. open up or, that, that cranium. Go ahead. Or, or were they really gonna keep six, but still oh, knowing that Ringo's not gonna play, he's gonna be there, not gonna play. Oh, like Job on the outside, move, or is there something going on with Maddox, who's been oh. hurt a lot? You know, it's struck two, two, I know everybody's gonna say, like, what do you call it? They're not gonna get rid of Maddox, it's a big cap hit. Two years ago. You you and I both know this. There were some questions about Isaac Sayamalo and his ability to see through see that contract because he had been hurt so much. Wow. They had drafted Landon Dickerson, right? And Landon Dickerson wound up playing, but only because the other guy, Brandon Brooks, got hurt. But they they still had Brooks at the time. 
they had they draft Dickerson. So they've got Sam. There, there were some questions about whether Sam Allah was going to see the end of the contract because mm-hmm. of the injuries. And I, I'm not, so I'm just using that as context to say, it's interesting that they have Avante Maddox. He's been hurt a lot. They were using Zach McPherson finally for the right time in the slot. And also now auditioning or, or cross-training James Bradbury there. And you don't normally keep six corners. I'm just That's saying all that made me think that something had to give somewhere. And I don't know what it was. Well, part again, part they they had to start getting McPherson at corner. We we know the two starters, not the wood. They've been healthy. Mm-hmm. Slay has been am- amazingly durable. But, but haven't they also continued this even with McPherson? You were at practice, the last practice. Wasn't Bradbury still playing corner? A even little bit, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Joe nickel, was on the nickel corner, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I. It's fascinating, man. I, I yeah, and we talked about this on our contract show a couple months ago. Max's cap number goes from just over four million this season, which makes him obviously keepable, to over ten million next year. Mm-hmm. So this could be his last year. I mean, it's not a talent issue. He just he's been hurt a lot. It so, is. So yeah, I, I hear I, you. It's, it's a it's just a it's a it's a thing that makes you go hmm. You know, you, it's, it's clear you're going conspiracy here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not conspiracy. I mean, I just you think, know what I mean. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, there's yeah. Be on, yes. what, outside why the box. Doing? Right. Well outside said, the box. I thinking. get it. I get the vibe. I get where you're going here. Uh, um, and Mario Goodrich, again, was got some some work as a backup slot. So, Yeah, to me, I think it's going to be a decision between Goodrich and Ricks. Um, not that I, I've heard Ricks has Ricks, played great, really? but um, I, I, you know, we'll see. I, I, I know you know what this guy was supposed to be. He has some real athletic gifts and talents. Um, and when you're talking about that oh. last spot, you don't want somebody to claim it. I don't know. I, I know he didn't look very good in the game, but let's just we'll see how that goes. Okay. Um, could be no. It could be neither of them. It really could. I mean, oh, again, sure. I mean, they could keep five. five. Yeah. I mean, Ringo. I don't know that Ringo will dress it at all. Really, yeah. He doesn't look like he's ready. Right. But Job's clearly the out top outside uh, backup corner. Now, what mm-hmm. I don't know is he backing up both. Need to, we need to look into this. I would, he, yeah, that's a good question. I would think you'd have to, but yeah. Yeah, is he more comfortable right side or left side? We'll look at that. Right. Uh, but and then safety, let's go to safety. <laughs> They're only keeping four. Uh, it, right now, it would be Blankenship, obviously, is starting. He's been great. Edmonds, right now, looks. I put it in pencil that he starts for the early portion of the season. Mm-hmm. Justin Evans has got a lot of work with the twos over Wallace lately. He looks like he's over Wallace. And, of course, City Brown, who's every once in a while gets a rep with the ones, but he's mostly gotten work with the twos and threes. Let me throw this at you. I threw this out to some of the, the writers who reported the practice. What we if, – if you had to make a prediction, what does he get? Does, does Brown start next to Blankenship by week three, week five, or week seven? It's um, a great question. He, listen, it may take longer than that. To me, it's not about who starts, really? but who's playing the most snaps, right? And if the Eagles are doing great against the Patriots and stopping the run, and they're in nickel or dime for a lot, then then Sidney Brown might see more time than than Terrell Edmonds, just because they're in a, a more of a pass defense. You know, I'm. A, a, oh, I see what you mean, right? Or right, or right. they could they could it could be like very close all three because they're playing a big nickel with three safeties. So I I you know I think I, I think Priscilla Brown's going to be on the field. So you mean situationally depending on what the game plan is that week? Because yeah. Brown right now, he, we know he's a knife against the run. We know that that's what he was at, at Illinois. Yep. Uh, now it's more, 
comfortability with him. You're just going to have to take your lumps because he's he's playing differently than he was in college now. So sure. it's just going to be different. But he's going to be a player. He's he's a force not only against the run. He can hit. He can tackle. It's just coverage-wise, it's just going to take him a while. Yeah. Now, game one, preseason game one, Kevon Wallace is a starter. And people are like, oh, maybe the lights come. All right, Kevon Wallace. Now, preseason game two, the guy's playing deep into the fourth quarter. Right. So um, it's it's a weird dynamic. If Brown, Edwards, and Blankenship are three of your four and you need a four, obviously the four is going to come down a special team. So then it becomes between Wallace and the kid Evans. Well, I don't know. He's not a kid, but um, Evans, uh, you know. I tend to think Evans, as you just mentioned, who's starting to rise up a little bit, would get that preference because he's a great athlete, right? I mean, he, he, that, that was his – he had yep, great was, athletic traits. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. He had great athletic traits before missing three straight years. And if he's even close to that, that would be good on special teams. Oh. And uh, if not, right. you know, you know, then then maybe it'll be Kevon Wallace sticking around for that. Well, but I don't think Kevon Wallace is not going to be starting. No, 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 no. But Evans has been over Wallace in practice lately. Mm-hmm. So – I would put Evans over Wallace when we when we when we do our fifty three. You yeah. being answered for next Monday's show, I would probably have Evans over Wallace. I'm, I'm, see, Evan and I, Evans. Remember, this guy was a second round pick. Yeah, but Wallace was really overdrafted, even as a fourth rounder. Right. Evans has got more talent, as you said. Now you just wonder. Now we 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 need to look take a little deeper look at and how we he, he's looked, but. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Look, they got it. They still have a lot of questions, but it, as you said earlier, the focus, the fine focus, has come in. We're starting to get a, a better picture of what they're. They're not the question mark. We had eighty questions today. <laughs> Start training camp. Now we're down to about ten. Yeah, but they're still important questions. All right. Next, uh, next podcast, we'll be reviewing the joint practice and previewing the game and giving you even more intel on uh, what's happening with your Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles intel. As always, we thank you for flying with us. Inside the Birds.